Today, you're going to hear the term first generation college student or first gen for short a whole lot. The term means that you are the first of your family to go to college and get a college education. That's what it means. So you could have Theos and Theas that went to college, you know, and with all respect to them. But when your parents didn't go to college and you're the first of their kids, technically you're first gen. So today we're going to be talking to three first generation college students. We're going to talk to them about finding their place on campus, how they've been able to adjust to the culture shock and adjust to the changing times because quite frankly, everybody's school year was interrupted by, you know, COVID. So we're going to have a critical conversation today with three students, each of them representing one of the three in-state universities that we have here in Arizona. We got a student from Northern Arizona University, then from Arizona State University. Yes, the school that uses a utensil as their battle cry. Just kidding. You know, I'm an Arizona Wildcats. Is that ASU U of A rivalry? Anyways, and then a student from the University of Arizona. And that's where we're going to begin today. Hello everyone, my name is Miriam. I am from Yuma, Arizona. I graduated from Kofa High School and I'm currently attending University of Arizona for my first year as an undergrad. I am planning on double majoring. My primary major right now is pre-neuroscience and cognitive science. And I'm also a pre-business student aspiring to have an accounting degree. Um, I have also taken up a minor in Spanish since it is my first language I thought It'd be an easy way to uh, reconnect with my language and kind of know a little bit more about it in the literature level or more like a professional level that college offers. And um, I am ending my freshman year this week. I have a couple more finals and then I should be done with my first year. And it's been a great experience so far. All right. So, you know, both you and I were first gen students. I mean, we both have similar but different experiences in a way and how we reacted to this new college culture. Um, did you feel prepared for your university educational experience? Um, I was actually just uh, starting to write a scholarship essay today. So I continue to uh, write scholarship essays. Sorry. <laughs> so um, I was writing about uh, learning strategies and studying strategies because they were asking, how do you prepare for exams? And what I came to a realization is that um, my high school did not really prepare me for college. Uh, the science courses that were given at my high school were kind of, I don't want to say easy, but they weren't very hard. They weren't very challenging. And my first semester at the U of A was extremely challenging for me. Not only one, because the material was a lot different than what I was taught, but also because um, people don't just be like, oh, here's all the resources you you have available here, go try them all, or here, this is the best resource. You kind of just have to go out there and fish for them. As, and quite frankly, I never really studied before. So studying was like a new thing for me. Not only did I need to learn to be a new independent adult, I need to learn like the new like rules for college and how it all works financially, academically, in every aspect. It's all very new to me but I also did not know how to study. And that's like the major thing. You need to know how to study to pass those exams. So I did not feel prepared at all, though I did learn as I went, as I failed through exams and through different um, experiences that I had in college my first semester and even up until now in my second semester, 
I had to trial and error, trial and error, and kind of try to help other people that were also in the same path as me. So we, we both did New Start. So we were, we were lucky enough to get a little bit of a taste of what college would be like. Very true. Um, when you walked on campus for the first time, how did you feel? I, not exaggerating or anything, but I felt very powerful. It was like a new like sense of feeling that I had done enough to be able to deserve to be there. And I, I couldn't help but smile because I knew that someday, not only would I be walking on that campus, but I would be able to say I graduated from this university. And I would be able to say that I was able to hold everything for like four years and succeed. And looking into the future really, really um, got my hopes up and I work towards my dreams every day. But walking around campus makes it all the more real, especially the first time because I'm from a small town. We have a community college and it's great. You know, we at least have some sort of post-secondary um, education, but it was a big university. And I knew that around 45,000 students attended there. And I knew that not only was I in college, but I came in as a first-gen honor student, and that made me even more proud. So when I came to Arizona, I was just very excited and overwhelmed by the idea that one day I could help someone by getting a degree. So you're, you're also Latina. You, you, you're this powerful Latina. That's, that's how I see you. How have, <laughs> how, how have, has, have you used that? to your advantage to kind of empower yourself even more when you're walking into, into these spaces where there aren't many Mexican-Americans? Well, I'm not exactly how to do that yet, but I have observed that uh, I lived in the within the Honors Village this semester, and I did not pay attention much to who the people or the, co or the populations were in the building because really it seemed to me that there was so much more diversity at the University of Arizona that there was in my hometown, which is made up like mostly lat Latino, Hispanics, and then okay. just a couple white and black, not really any Asian or native peoples that went to my school. So definitely I saw so many other ethnicities, international students, and I was impressed. But on family weekend, I think my best friend's parents came into town. They were in the cafeteria. We're eating together. We're showing them around. And all of a sudden, my best friend's mom pulls me aside. And she's like, where are all the Mexicans? And I looked around. I was like, you're right. We don't have a lot. We are around 1,025 residents in that building. And we weren't many. And that kind of shocked me at first. And it also brought in some insecurities, like, what am I doing here? Because I made it into the honors college, but I was, I for sure wasn't the average student, honors student, because the stats showed that my test scores were a little bit below the average, and that really scared me. But um, I really tried to encourage all my friends that are in STEM and that are also uh, Hispanic or any minority group to reach out to me if they have any questions. I have a lot of high schoolers from my previous high school that still, you know, reach out to me and ask me about college. And, you know, even though I'm walking to class, I'll message them and I'll be like, oh yeah, so here, here's where I got scholarships from and here, talk to this person about this. So really I try to, I'm not, I'm empowering myself by helping others get to where I am right now. Oh, that's so powerful. You know, it, it, sorry, I'm, I'm sort of at a loss for words. I mean, that was super powerful. Thank you for that.
and how basically every student's experience was altered. How were you able to, to adjust to this sudden change in the way we're supposed to learn as college students? Well, quite honestly, I've never liked online classes. So mm -hmm. this was a very hard like, readjustment for me, not because I can't keep track of my deadlines or anything, because I really like organizing and um, time management and everything like that. But I thought it just made it so much harder for, especially for professors that just pointed, that just posted like PowerPoints and were like, read this and look at, here's mm -hmm. a 10 minute video that I explained some things and the thing. But uh, generally like for chemistry and for microbio, I thought since we were such large classes, it was really hard for me to like learn through the computer, especially because during class time we have people called preceptors, which they walk around, even the professor can't attend you and ask, answer your questions. These people come around and they help you. It's kind of different and not and very difficult to do that through mm -hmm. online, through Zoom. So I thought that was very hard. And then I had a special like situation in which my job is to assist the student at the University of Arizona um, with his classes. And he is mm -hmm. a sophomore. He, um, he is a different, totally different major than me, and I help him with his classes and do other things like take him to school events. And while well, his parents wanted him back home, he's originally from California. So a coworker and I were asked to move out there to mm -hmm. his town to continue to work with him. And that was a decision that I right away couldn't make. I called mm -hmm. my parents and I asked, you know, do you think this is appropriate? Like, should I be able to move? You know, he needs help. It is, it's been my job. I love my job. He needs me because mm -hmm. um, I'm his tutor. And um, online classes are going to be even more difficult for him because right. he has a different way of learning things. And it's just, like, very hard. So I did move out. I was in San Diego wow. for six weeks. So I just returned home two weeks ago, exactly two weeks ago. But I was over there with my coworker. We lived together we drove every day and didn't go anywhere else besides his house and back to ours and there's so many like quarantine precautions and everything because um he has cerebral palsy and um he needed a lot of help we were there and we loved being there but um we were also very afraid that we might like endanger him because his immune system is compromised mm -hmm. like that so we took extra precautions and it was an amazing experience. It was definitely something different. Did not plan to go in isolation into a totally different like city that I didn't even know. So I had to learn to drive around the freeways and definitely was hard because two of the days I worked, I would get out of my MCB class mm -hmm. at 3.15 and I worked at 3.30. So there I am on the freeway getting to work, making sure I get there, helping him with his homework, returning home like 8 at 8, 8.30. I was like, and then trying to like study more and then go to bed. It was just very, very difficult. Very difficult. So, so not only are you trying to adjust yourself to this new, unprecedented way of learning at the college level during a pandemic, but you move to San Diego and you help another person learn as well. That's incredible. Do you have any last words? Well, I definitely don't have many words to say, but I would like to say that I am proud of all of us that went through this process. And even though it was a very hard semester and some of us had to change to pass or fail, not mm -hmm. to be ashamed of that, we definitely all went through different processes 
everyone's process of learning and of readjustment to this was very different and we cannot judge because we do not know how others like struggled through this process especially um students that are like international that couldn't hope go home at a certain time and are barely going home or had to go home right away it's just very different for everyone so i feel like we need to be very accepting of others and supportive of others that during these times especially Miriam really embodies what it means to be a successful student and a student who also serves others at the same time she also brought up one unique thing that has risen on university campuses uh, during this time of COVID, and that's the pass-fail system. So what the U of A did this year was, let's say, you know, you're not good at online school, okay? And the circumstances are obviously not in your favor. So what they allowed was if you're passing the class, which is a D or higher, you can go onto your University of Arizona account and change the settings to a pass-fail system for that individual class. So that means, let's say you get a C and you change the pass-fail system, you will pass the class, but whatever grade you get won't count toward or against your GPA. You still get the credit for that class, so that's super good. Now, I know ASU didn't have that, and that's okay because I know U of A is better. I'm just kidding. Um, but we're going to talk to my friend Rosie. We grew up together, and um, she went to ASU. Didn't know a whole lot of folks up there. But she, yet, she's managed to pull through. Let's hear her story and how she's been able to find her place on campus. Patrick stated, my name is Rosita Perea, and I am currently a incoming sophomore this year at Arizona State University. I am majoring in family and human development. Um, I'm not too sure what I want to focus on, but I'm also minoring in Spanish. And Rosie, we grew up together and we graduated from the same high school. How do you feel or did you feel that your high school prepared you for college? Um, academically, absolutely not. Okay. I think, <laughs> um, I think they did their best with the um, resources that they had, but I think we lacked a lot of um, what it was actually like in college. If that makes sense. It was a lot. Okay. We got taught like how to pass, you know, do this and you'll pass the test which is basically what we've been taught our whole lives. Um, whereas in college, yeah, it's a lot about like, you need to obviously like pass your classes in order to move forward, but it's a lot of understanding the material versus do this and you'll pass. Right. Versus like going on to Quizlet and finding your answers in your set. Like Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of learning how to study on my own because I... I never took classes like that. I, at least just speaking for myself, I was always in like advanced placement classes. Mm -hmm. So it was always that understanding of like, you already know how to study or else you wouldn't be here. Or you already know all of these things beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to teach you that. Um, when in reality, I never got taught any of that. So I mm -hmm. had to learn that on my own um, going into college. Did you have like, was there a moment when you realize, 
crap, the way I, the way I do things is not going to cut it here. Like I've got to seriously adjust myself. For sure. Um, especially when that first exam came around, I was always used to like, oh, okay, I'll, you know, read over my notes the night before, read them over a little bit during lunch, and then I'll take my exam and be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that and it did not work very well. So um, that night I found myself um, cramming because I realized that the notes that I was taking in class didn't reflect what I needed to know from the study guide. Uh huh. So um, that was kind of like an eye opener for me. I had to learn how to take better notes for one. Um, Mm -hmm. Even though I know in high school they had like classes where they taught you how to take notes. I always saw them as something that I didn't really need mm-hmm. until I actually sat there and they were just rolling through the material and you had to keep up. That was basically it. Right. Same here. Like I'm so used to just not studying, maybe looking at the notes the night before and then that's it, you know? And just like you, I, I kind of, I walked into a test and was like, crap, I don't know what to do. I don't know what they're talking about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So walking onto campus for the first time, you grew up in Tucson. You're going to sc- you're going to school in the, in this big city. How did you feel? Well, I was initially like I wanted to go to ASU because I wanted to kind of go away from home, but not too far. Um, and all my friends were gonna go, and then as you know, none of them went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it started off of like, oh, all my friends are gonna be there. Like, it's not going to be too bad because I'm not going to be by myself. And when they all started backing out one by one, I ended up being the only one that could go there. So walking there, like the first day, it was scary just because Mm -hmm. of how big it is. Um, If you kind of think of U of A, U of A is kind of like closed off and it's like, um, it's a lot smaller, I feel like. Mm -hmm. when you go to ASU, there's buildings everywhere, everywhere. And everywhere that you look, they, there's ASU everywhere on the buildings, you know? So it's kind of like, okay, where does the university start? Where does it end? Um, I was lucky enough to have um, two friends that did end up going to ASU, mm-hmm. uh, which didn't really start off as like one of my closest friends, you know, in high school, we kind of just, I feel like you might um, relate to this. A lot of people that you didn't really like bond that much in high school college is a different story so like you get to meet a lot of the people that you thought you knew you get to learn more about them Mm -hmm. so at least for me the night before we went and looked for all of our classes each of each of us so we Mm -hmm. went through schedule um but it was definitely scary there was a lot a lot of people and at least being mexican or hispanic Mm -hmm. it was kind of like you look around and there's rarely, you rarely see people that look like you. So it was kind of like, Oh, okay. Like, am I really going to make it here? Like everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice. I think we had a lot of um, help. They had like tables set up everywhere um, with people helping and guiding you where you need to go. So, so you mentioned how you're, you're Latina and it was at first, it seemed like it was going to be challenging to find your place have you found your place on campus yet? Have you been able to adjust to this culture shock? Or are you still in the middle of getting used to this new life? Um, I 
100% have found like it's home to me now, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think at first I thought there wasn't a lot of people that were like me, but, um, I feel like it was more like I was nervous and I kind of singled myself out when nobody else was really singling me out. And I don't know. I think there's a bunch of clubs that I found and, um, there's one specifically, it's actually a business club. Um, but it's like a Hispanic based club and I thought I wouldn't be able to join it because I'm not a business major. Yeah. But I've noticed that all of the clubs on campus, you can join them even if it doesn't like pertain specifically to your major, which was because I was able to make friends, um, that, you know, came from the same background as me. Mm -hmm. It helped me feel more at home. And my roommate was Hispanic also. So that was really nice. Did, did your raices really, support you you know when you found yourself in a challenging situation do you think back to your roots and the way you grew up did that kind of help elevate you it did because i feel like uh hispanics tend to be problem solvers and Mm -hmm. figure if you can't do it one way figure out a different way you know so that was helpful for me um i feel like we often don't even ask for help which is kind of normal in her, um, like roots. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of break out of that because, um, you had to realize that all of the people that are working, there are trying to help you succeed, you know? Right. So in a way it was helpful, but at the same time, it was kind of battling between, um, this is what I've been taught versus this is what I need to do to succeed. Rosie exemplifies what it means to go to a school in the city you don't know, you're not used to, yet you pull through the barriers and struggles you're faced with and become a smart and successful student. And because we're good friends, I'm going to share this really cool fun fact about her. She auditioned for a singing show. She's a good singer too. So just for that, I'm going to lead into the next segment with a Jenny Rivera instrumental. My name is Zoshilin Yan. I am a first-gen student at Northern Arizona University. Um, And I'm currently double majoring in marketing and Spanish. I'm a part of the IGP program, the Interdisciplinary Global Program at NAU, which is a five-year program where I can get two degrees in five years. And in my senior year, I get to go abroad and get an internship. Wow. So what's what's your overall goal? Uh, my overall goal is to, at first, out of college, work for a company and mm-hmm. learn enough to hopefully open up my own business. I love it. Wow. I, that gave me goosebumps when you kind of gave me what you're, what you're working on right now. That's so cool. Thank you. Um, so me and you, we went to the same high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had, yes. we had audiovisual class together. Those are good times. Definitely. So how do you feel like? your high school experience prepared you? Did they prepare you at all? Um, I think yes, to some extent. Okay. I think there's only so much they could have said and instructed me and guided me. But when I eventually went on my own, it's a whole different ball game from what everyone was telling me. It's a completely different thing when you experience something for yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you're from Tucson, 
Mm-hmm. You went, born and raised. Born and raised. And you left town to go to school. How did that feel? Um, it felt kind of nerve-wracking, honestly. But I really craved independence and freedom that I felt like I wouldn't necessarily get at U of A because I still had a ton of family here. And one thing that my father had told me was that in college, you have to be selfish. And I felt bad about that. I felt bad about just worrying about myself because Mexicans were all about family, about community. And he told me, and I'll never forget these words, he told me that I'm going to allow you to be selfish even if you won't allow yourself. Mm-hmm. And that was such a big thing for me. And Is there anything that any of you could improve upon as far as enhancing the experience of a first-gen student? Or did you feel like things were going really good for you? And they're doing what, everything right. I mean... They're an incredibly supportive community and from the staff to the students to everyone I've ever spoken to and I experienced that firsthand because if I'm going to be candid, I failed my first semester of college Mm -hmm. and um, I was in a bad spot mentally and everything, but I ended the semester with a 1.8 GPA, which Mm -hmm. is terrible and um This semester, spring of 2020, um, I had to take a class on focusing on what I could do better and improve on um, for my future years at NAU. And during that time, whether I spoke to my academic advisor or any of my professors, they were all super understanding um, to my situation. So why do you think you failed your first semester? Um, I think it's a combination of a few different things, but I think it was also, despite the fact that I was craving this independence and this freedom, it was also overwhelming. Um, especially the culture. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we both went to Sunnyside and it's Mm -hmm. primarily Hispanic. There's not much diversity there. That's just a lot of people who look like you and me. And so, When you go to a place that's completely different, where instead you're the minority, it's Mm -hmm. kind of a culture shock and you don't expect it because you've grown up around your own community, your own people for so long. Have you found a sense of belonging on campus yet? Yeah, I do think so. Um, I've made some really great friends and they're incredibly supportive, um, especially given what I was going through last semester. How do you feel like your home life, you know, your culture, did that help you in a way as far as Um, improving your educational experience? Well, I was definitely motivated to kind of be a representative for my culture, for my Mm -hmm. people. And um, I didn't want... I just wanted to be an example because, I mean, there are so many stereotypes for people of color and I didn't want to put a negative one at the forefront, I suppose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh, this is one of my favorite interviews so far. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any last words you'd want to add? Um, No, I don't. I mean... I think 
for people who are going into college. Don't let what I said scare you. You know, I had my own experience and I grew from it. And the only advice I could give people is just keep pushing and going through and Mm -hmm. don't give up on this, even if you have a really hard first experience. Look, everybody has unique experiences when it comes to going into college for the first time. And for first-generation students, sure, most of us were raised around a culture of working hard for what we want. But for a lot of us, we didn't know the ins and outs of college. We learned the ins and outs of college in real time. Zoshi talked about that and was very frank about struggling at the university level. But when you struggle, you can always overcome. I'm a first generation student myself. And throughout the year, I found myself overloaded because I wasn't used to so many assignments due around the same time. I found myself struggling a bit with work and school, but deeply grateful that my work was very supportive of my schooling. For a lot of us, we go home to our parents' house and hours and hours of the day we're working on our schoolwork and then our family comes yelling at us asking why we're not hanging around the family you know there's experiences like that that makes it a little bit more challenging when you're getting your university education as a first generation student without a doubt a lot of our families are very supportive they'll bend over backwards to support you to support us. I've been grateful to have friends and relatives who have gotten their education at the university level. So when I do have questions, I'm always grateful when I'm able to just send a text and ask a question. I've got friends who are able to work within the university administration when it came to the registrar's office. And so, you know, just asking questions here or there of clarification were super helpful. And one thing, Just like a lot of you, I don't really like to ask for help. I just figure it out myself or try to figure it out myself, even though I probably don't figure it out. What I've realized is asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of importance. It's a sign of growth. And it's something that needs to happen a lot more often. Go to your professor's office hours. I've learned to not be afraid to ask questions during a lecture. Maybe people will laugh at you, but so what? It helps you understand the content even more. All of us in this conversation have just finished. All of us in this conversation have just finished our first year of the college experience. And by the sounds of it, we want to get our masters. We want to get our doctorates. We want to go to medical school and become a medical doctor. You know, after all, the Latinx population has very low statistics when it comes to our people pursuing a graduate degree that means we've got to show up we've got to prove them wrong and despite whatever cards we may have been dealt with let's use those as strengths and i hope whoever's listening whoever has the power to enhance the experience of a first generation student takes this critical conversation and uses it to uplift wherever they find themselves making an impact but for now I want to thank you for joining the conversation here at Robles Speaks.